We started a series last Sunday entitled Voices, as if, as if you can't tell. It's kind of obnoxious up here, isn't it? And uh, it's just that loud and proud. It's right there. And so we started last week, and we live in a world where there are so many voices. There's so much noise around us, isn't there? My, my wife asked me yesterday, hey, what's a perfect day for you? And, and I begin to describe, of course, I have to start with, with what I would eat right? Because you have to start there, right? With, and I described for her breakfast where it would be and what I would have. And, but, but later on in the day, as I was describing my perfect day, I said, perfect day to me would be just sitting out in, in the woods somewhere. If there's a river nearby and just listening to the birds and listening to the babbling brook, <laughs> the babbling brook, wouldn't that be perfect for you? Because we live in a, in a world where there's just so much noise and sometimes we just want to get away. That Calgon moment, right? Just take me away, right? Or Southwest Airlines, you want to get away? Some of us do. There's just so much noise. So in a world full of noise, in a world with so many voices, how do we know who's right? Who should we listen to? I mean, you've got friends that are telling you, and they're good friends. One of you is telling you this, and the other one's telling you to that, you know? And, and, and you're just confused. And so how are we to know what we're supposed to be about? How are we to know where we're to go and what our plan and purpose and reason for existence are? So we started last week talking about a voice that you should be listening to. And I asked the question, who are you listening to? In our time together last week, we, we, we discovered and, and we, I think, came to the conclusion that the voice of God, our creator, is the one that is probably the right voice to listen to. Do you believe that? That we believe that, that, that God's voice and what he says is probably, out of all the voices out there, that's not to say that your friend's voices aren't important and that, that God may not use them to speak to you sometimes. But listen, the voice of God is the one that we need to hear the most. Amen? His voice is so different. The things that he's saying to us are so different. So who are you listening to? We must know God's voice above all others. So if that's who we should be listening to, God's voice, well, what is God saying? Have you ever thought about that? What, what is God really saying to me? And I know that in this room today, there's, we, we, we come in and there's so many different life scenarios represented here in this group today. Some, some of us are in a good place. Some of us are, are facing a difficulty. Some of us are, are celebrating while some of us are just, well, we're just, we're down and out. You know, our team lost last night, right? Not mine. This Carolina Blue baby, and they're still playing as last time I checked, right? Some of us are, but so many life scenarios represented here, you know? So, so I just need some answers. I need some guidance. I need some direction. If I'm to dial into God and listen to him, what is he saying? Well, I can't, I can't tell you what he wants to speak into you, but I am confident of, of at least two things that I'd like to share with you this afternoon. Two things that, that, that I believe are, 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 are things that God is definitely trying to say to us. One of those is this, that he loves you. And the second one is that he has a great plan for your life. I think it's pretty safe for me to say that God loves you and that God has a great plan for your life. We have on this, this little thingy boards, whatever they're called. What are these called, Chach? Acrylic. acrylic. They're acrylic. Um, we have an acrylic verse up here. It says this. You may not be able to see it depending on where you're seated. See how much 
how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. And I love the message translation when it says the same verse. It says, what marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Has God extended great love to anybody in this house? Hasn't he been good? What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously. Because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. Hey, listen, if you hear anything in this room this morning, or excuse me, this afternoon, we've transitioned, it's now past noon. If you hear anything this afternoon, I want you to know this. Don't miss this. God loves you. He loves every one of us in this room. He loves every one of us. For God so loved the the world. That means everybody. Not just a certain uh, nationality. Not just a, a certain class of people. Not just those who live here. Or He loves the world. We all have that in common here today. Do you believe that? That God loves us. He loves us. He loves you so much. How much? Well, He loves you so much that He would come. And he would go to a cross and he would give up his life for you so that you could have life. Scripture says, no greater love hath any man than this, that he lay down his life for his friend. The greatest demonstration of love of all times was Jesus going to a cross and giving up his life for us. Why would he do that? Because he loves you. Now, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a group of people referred to in 1 John 3, 1, those he calls his Children, how do you become a child of God? Well, you say yes to him. You say yes to his death on the cross and you ask him to come and be Lord, your Lord and your Savior. You see, at that moment, and I shared with you last week, I was nine years old when I came to that place in my life where I knew that it was more than just about songs and going to church and, and having a Bible and, and giving money when, when, when I went to church. No, it was more than that. That God desired to have a relationship with me. And the moment I said yes to Jesus at the age of nine, you know what happened? Not only was I a family member of the Brown family, my, my last name, but, but, but I became, as it says here, a child of God. He calls me now his child. I am a child of God. Are there any more children of God in the house today? You see, when I said yes to him, I became a child of his. But make no mistake about it. He loves every one of us. There's just some that have said yes to his love. And now we have an incredible family lineage, don't we? We are a child of God. I love this verse of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 10, that speaks of God's incredible love for us. It says, the mountains and hills may crumble, but my love for you will never end. So says the Lord who loves you. God says you're lovable. That is so important. How in the world can we possibly be, be, be able to fulfill God's commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves until we first believe this very truth? You are lovable. Listen, if you don't feel lovable, you, you can't love anybody else. This verse here in, in, in Isaiah 54, it, it, it's important. And, and there are two things that I think it says to us that, that I think you need to understand about God's love. First of all, God loves you consistently consistently 
Listen, he doesn't love you one day and not the next. He, he doesn't love you on your good days and not on your bad days. A lot of us grew up with, with, with maybe this idea of, of have, we have a hard time with the love of God because the love that we've seen demonstrated to us would be inconsistent love. I, I heard someone say one time that growing up, I didn't know whether I was going to be hugged or slugged. My parents were never consistent. That's not a way to grow up, is it? God's love is consistent. God is 100% consistent in his love for you. On the good days and the bad. Those days when you acknowledge him, even in those days that you don't. Listen, God is love. And he's just going to love you. Are you okay with that? I also know that God's love is unconditional. Not only is it consistent, but it's unconditional. He, he says, I will always love you. If the mountains and the hills crumble, my love for you will never end. It's unconditional. Listen, you don't earn God's love. He, he doesn't say, I love you if you're good. He doesn't say, I love you if you do these things. Or, or I love you because you look this way or you do these things. No, it's unconditional. You see, God says, I love you. And it's consistent. And it's unconditional. Can, can I just tell you something? You never have to wake up in the morning and wonder, is God going to love me today? You don't ever have to ask that question. You, you don't ever have to wonder, will God love me today? Did I read my Bible enough? I hope I did so that God, you don't ever need to worry that. Hey, did, did I pray hard enough? You don't ever have to, you can't pray harder for God's love. Amen. He just loves you. He loves you consistently, no matter what you do or who you are. We all have that in common. Amen. Love that. And what is the result when we understand this? I love what it says in the book of Daniel. Daniel 10, 19 says this, God loves you. So don't let anything worry you or frighten you. Isn't that not comforting? God loves you. So don't let anything worry you or frighten you. Listen, when I don't have to worry or be afraid of anything, then I'm free to give love to everyone that's around me. So make no mistake about it. We want you to know that God is the voice we should be listening to. And if there's anything that I am confident of that God wants you to know, he's talking this, trying to get you to understand, listen, he, he loves you. He loves you. Well, if God loves me then, so, so you also said that he's trying to reveal this plan or he's got a, a great plan for my life. So, so what is that plan? What, what, what is that purpose that God has for my life? Listen, scripture makes it abundantly clear that God first and foremost, he wants us to know him. He wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to bring glory to him by the way we live our lives. And also, check this out. We also can bring glory to God by the way that we interact with other people. Ooh, right? Now, I'm not just making this up. It's not just something I thought would sound great on the stage today. Scripture supports that. Isn't it always good to have the Bible back you up? You can't ever go wrong with the Bible. I love what it says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And in verse 39, check this out. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
Pastor Rick Warren, who sold a multi-zillion books called The Purpose Driven Life. Many of you have probably read one of those or, or have a copy of it or maybe participated in, 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 in a class or a group. Listen, it's, it's a great book. But, but I love what Pastor Rick says in that book. He said this. This is going to hurt some of you today. This is one of those bubble bursting moments for someone today. You know what Pastor Rick said? Don't be mad at him or me. Be mad at him. You know what he said? It's not about you. He said, life is not about you. It's about God. But you know what? I think he's right. I, I, I think Pastor Rick is right. And evidently, multi-zillions of people probably believe the same thing. That it's not about me. It's about God. Look at your neighbor right now and say, as good as you think you are, it's not about you. Tell your neighbor, get over yourself. Just not. <laughs> Listen, you do, you guys, and I could tell you guys, hey, let's, let's play the hokey pokey and everybody stand up and do it, wouldn't you? You guys are crazy. Life is not about you, it's about God. Listen, God is the creator of all things. He's the creator of all creation, including you and including me. And listen, all of creation exists to bring glory to God. We, we exist to bring glory to God. Now, now that, that, that thought flies in the face of pretty much every message that's been communicated to us since we've been born, right? It, it has. It, it flies in the face of that. We, we, we hear things like, like, you know, YOLO, you live only once. It's all about you, you know. Just, just, just enjoy it. So, so you need to work harder. The only way to get where you want is to, we, we hear those things. It's all about you, you, you. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about my. I want to talk about number one, oh, my, me, my, right? What I think, what I want, what I think, what, what drink. I don't know. What says something? But the whole, we live in a culture where it's about us. Listen, as created beings of a great God in heaven, listen, we are here to bring glory to him. But the world's not going to tell you that. Hey, even in the church, you know what happens? Sometimes we get conflicting messages here in the church. You know? We want to invite you. You come to one of our worship services. And just that phrase, I know that's picky. But that word service means that I'm going to sit and somebody's going to do something for me. That, that, that when I come, church is all about me. They better sing the songs that I like. What a new song. I don't care that it talks about Holy Spirit blow and being transformed. I don't like it. Well, get over it. Or no, 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 no. Or, or man, I, you know, man, just, but sir, we, and we can think that the church is all about us. I give money to the my best boxes. They better use their money the way that, that I want it used or, you know, or, you know, they, they, and we can think, we can even think that church is about us. What do you mean we're not going to do this event or go to that place this summer? Are you kidding me? And some of us would think that the world has ended. You know, we can have this mindset that it's about us. It's about me. Forget the fact that we've got six elders in our church that are pressing in and praying and asking God, God, what do you have? This is your church and what do you want to do? Listen, I've just come to find out that it's better when we let God do it. 
And sometimes God's going to do some new things. And sometimes God's going to grow a church. And sometimes God, and listen, we just, God, we're here for your glory and for yours alone, Lord. This is yours. It's yours. That's why every one of us are here. Listen, that, 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 that's the bottom line of reality. You, you've been created to bring God glory. And believing and, and living otherwise is, I'm just telling you, it is a never-ending uphill battle. Now, let me just add this because some of y'all think that's kind of arrogant of God. Listen, before you start going there thinking and dismissing God as some insecure egomaniac, let me just quickly remind you that, that he came, he left a throne in heaven and came and became one of us. He, he entered in, into our suffering. He, he, he gave his life on the cross so that, so that we could, could experience this primary purpose of our existence, to know him. You see, Jesus had to die. There was no possible opportunity for you and I to be brought back into a perfect relationship with a great, perfect God in heaven except through a blood sacrifice. And Jesus became that. He, didn't def- he, he, he defined love by his actions. He, he didn't create and then abandon creation. He he created, he stayed, and guys, he acted. He loved us to the point of death, and he secured a path for us for our ultimate fulfillment. And then you know what this? It's eternity with him. That's that's, that's why I lift my hands and sing. That's why I want to give him glory. He did all of that for me. And I, I want to give a great God in heaven the glory that he deserves. And so we start with God. We, we, we start with God. We start with God. We start with God, not us. Not us. Listen, if you're making decisions primarily based on what makes you happy, then you have your priorities backwards and you're going to stumble at every turn. See, we're living life upside down. We're living in a culture that tells us, hey, listen, just look out for yourself, whatever makes you happy. Listen, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people that that in some people's opinions, they have it all. They've got great this and great that and beautiful this and beautiful that. And they know the, this person and that person and they go here and they go there. To, to, to some people, it seems like they have it all. But I've met so many people that are miserable and they've got what it seems like everything. They, they, they've got it all, but yet they're miserable. And so they continue to just get that next thing and, and add that next, you know, star to, to the, their, their chart and just thinking, if I just, and, and they're, they're miserable and they're unhappy. Listen, because we've bought into what the world says. More of this and more of that and go here and go there. Do this and and do that. And and we've just bought into that. Listen, if you make decisions based on what's going to make you happy all the time, you're going to stumble at every turn. God first. God first. Then you. In our giving, it's we give God first. That's why we drop things in the red boxes, our, our, our best. We bring our best. God gets our best. Then everything else takes care of itself. 
That's why I seek God first in in my decisions. That's why for 10 years now, we're nine and a half, almost 10, we've been seeking God first in decisions in this church. God, what is it you want to do? Seek God first. In fact, I just shared with the staff, I think a couple of them this week. Listen, listen, we need to plan. We don't plan based on requests. We plan based on needs. And so many of us, we just, people are requesting this and say, we need this, I need this, I need this. And, and, and that drives you crazy. But God, what is it that you see that we need? God, what are the needs of the people? God, where do we need to go? God, what is our city in need of? God, how can you use us as a church to meet needs? And, and that's, that's the better way to live. God first, then you. That's the order he laid out. That's the order laid out by Christ in in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. It's really a paradox, but look what he says. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself, and if you look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Doesn't make sense. Bonus Bible time. I don't have this verse for you, but Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of, of me. No. Seek first the kingdom of God and seek his righteousness. And the verse says, Then all these things shall be added. I mean, it could go on. Does God not care more for us than he does the birds of the air and the lilies of the field? I mean, come on. Do we not believe that our God is able to supply and meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches? We know those things. God first. God first. Seek him first. That's why some of you parents need to make some decisions about God first. I mean, I just, I want to encourage your parents. I just, I want to encourage your parents. Hey, 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 God first and the things of God first before just some other stuff, purchases maybe, activities for kids, um, just God first, got personal pleasure, God first. I just, I, I said it earlier, I, hey, listen, I, I, I believe, um, you know, God first, I believe, you know, midweek study times and Bible study times for you students first before whatever. I'm going to get in trouble and and, and please hear my heart. If I ever make you frustrated, let's set up a time to, I'm going to get hate mail. I've already, I know it's, it's already going to come. I I get it. I get it. But listen, God first this summer with camps, summer camps like Zephyr for your kids or camp in the city here for your kids or Ascend for your kids. God first before club this, club that, baseball this, baseball that. I'm just telling you, just telling you. And listen, you, you, you're hearing that from someone who, who was the biggest athlete junkie in history. I, I did it all. But I'm telling you, our family drew a line in the sand. And we said God first. I walked off football practice fields to get to youth group on Wednesday nights because it's a big deal to us in our home. I said no to baseball all-star teams and opportunities to travel across the country in the summertime because you know what? Because I want to go to camp with my youth ministry. And I said no, no, no. I even laid a college scholarship down after two years because I understood, hey, you know what? It's about God first. Coach, you can have it back because I've got a greater calling on my life. And I don't regret it. I don't. I don't. Now, please hear my heart. 
I am not anti-sports. And there are coaches in here and, and moms of, that provide orange slices. Listen, I am all for it. I am all for it. I am not anti-sports. I'm not saying that your kids should not play sports. Some of, your, some of you parents need to say no to your kids. You're going to go to camp and you're going to put the PS4 away for a week. Your thumbs are going to be okay. They need a break. Man, we got some kids that have strong thumbs, but they have weak spiritual lives. And then you're going to be calling and say, my kid is going off. I mean, they're going crazy. Help me. And I'm like, okay, we're not. You see what I'm saying? I don't regret any decision I made in my life. We were telling our story last night to somebody over dinner. And uh, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for the plan that God had for my life. And I thought it was going to be this. And I knew I was going to do this. And God, if God, if you will allow me to do this, God, then I will. Isn't that how we are sometimes? God, if you do this, I'll do. <clears throat> I'm so glad I'm here and your pastor. I know you're ticked right now, but I love sports. I love gaming. I love that. But I'm just telling you, put God first and see what happens. We've got to orient ourselves to true north just as a hiker has to do before he sets out on a journey. God is true north. True north is not living a life that's based on our happiness and and doing those things, being driven by our happiness. And and in fact, maybe the better question this morning is is not, hey, hey God, what is is the purpose of my life? Maybe the greater question that we should be asking is, hey, hey, hey God, what, what, what is it? How can I live my life in such a way that will bring you the most glory? Maybe that's the better question. Not about what's my purpose. But God, how can I live my life in such a way that will bring you greater glory? Yeah. You know, God's got a great plan for your life. He really does. In fact, did you know he wrote a book about you? There's a book that contains you in it. In fact, before you were ever conceived in your mother's womb, God wrote about you. Psalm chapter 139, verse 16 The psalmist says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Is that not a staggering thought to you? That every day of your life is recorded in this this book. Not, Not only that, not only every day, but every moment, every hour, the psalmist says, is recorded here. God had a plan for you. God has a plan for you. And your plan is unique. You you are special to Him. It it is by no means an accident or or, or lost among the details of the lives of other people. No no one is common or, 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 or menial. Listen, we're all created for a unique, extraordinary path. There's a great plan. And so many of us are here today and say, you know, well, I'm single. What can I do? Or, 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 hey, I, I, I have a history. I, I've been in prison. What can I do? Or, hey, I, I am, uh, I, I, I'm a widow or a widower. And, and, and the person that I lost was my spiritual guide. So, w- really, what is there for me to do? I, I'm just a commoner. Listen, there's nothing special about me. Listen, can I just tell you, if that's who you think you are, welcome to the club. Because that's who God used all throughout Scripture. He used single people. 
He used incarcerated people. In fact, Paul and Silas, I think, just were looking for ways to be arrested so they could go to jail, sing some songs, and watch jails break loose. And, you know, I just, maybe we ought to do that. Hey, let's all get arrested and go change the correctional facilities for Jesus. No, that's not what he's saying. But listen, there's some, you're, you're not too far gone. And the world, the enemy would want you to think because you've done this or you've done that or because you can't this or can't that, that there's no hope for you. You will never be good enough. You will never amount to anything. And that's what he tells us. And so many of us have bought into that. I'm telling you today, there's a great plan for your life. In fact, in this book about your life, God recorded the accomplishments that he intends for you. Yes, hey, God has set some goals for your life. Did you know that? Yeah, look what it says in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork or his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, that we may do those good works which God predestined, which he planned for us to do, that we should walk in them. Listen, God planned your paths beforehand, but notice something that Paul writes here. He says that we should walk in them. Not must, but we should walk in them. Now listen, this is where free will comes into play. Free will comes into play in fulfilling these assignments that God has for you. And I'm telling you, it's not automatically going to happen because here's what happens. I'm guilty of it. I start listening to these voices of the world, the voices in black, you know, and, and, and I begin to think, okay, well, I, I need to pull up my, my bootstraps and I need, to, I need to get after it and work harder and do more. And, and, listen, we've got to cooperate with God's plan. It's not going to happen automatically. God has set goals for us, absolutely. But man, it is up to you and I to, to discover what's recorded for our lives. How do we do that? Well, we're going to talk more about that in the weeks to come, but I'm just going to kind of let you know right now, right? Through prayer, through reading of God's Word, through, through other special spiritual means. Listen, God's going to speak to us, and He's going to give us the grace so we can fulfill them. God's plan for your life is extraordinary. Do you want to discover his will for you? I hope that you do. And I don't know what it is for you. I just simply know this. He loves you. I know that he's saying that. And I know that he's got a great plan for your life. Here's my prayer for you. It's Colossians 1, 9 and 10. I ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. To give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Hey, as you hear things from the Holy Spirit, as He begins to reveal His plan for you, hey, write down what He says. Write those things down. Write write down His promises and and, and goals that He's giving to you so that you can refer to them over the course of time and, and, and commit them to God and praying over those things. Man, just He wants to use you. And there's a great plan for your life. What's He saying? Well, I know he's saying I love you. I know that he's saying, man, I've got a great plan for your life. Hey, listen, I'm going to share just a couple other things real quick before we leave that God's saying. And you're not going to be able to record all these. And so I just want you to know that on your phone, there is an app. App is short for application there's an app called YouVersion, and, and every week all of our sermon notes and, and, and scripture references are in this app, YouVersion. You pull up live event, click on 1910 Church, and, and you have it all. But 
But here's some other things that, that I believe that God is saying to us. You know, we, we say that it's impossible, but God says all things are possible. We, we, we say I'm too tired, but God says I will give you rest. You say nobody really loves me. God says, hey, I, I love you. You, you, you say, I can't go on. God says, my grace is sufficient. You say, I can't figure things out. God says, I'll direct your steps. You say, I can't do it. God says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You say, I'm not able. God says, I am able. You say, I'm not worth it. Or it's not worth it. God says, it will be worth it. You, you, you say, I can't forgive myself. God says, oh, that's all right. I forgive you. You say, I can't manage. God says, I will supply all your needs. You say, I'm afraid. God says, I've not given you that spirit of fear. You say, I'm, I'm always worried and frustrated. God says, cast all your cares on me. You, you say, I don't have enough faith. God says, I've given everyone a measure of faith. You say, I'm not smart enough. God says, you're right. No, that's not what he said. Some of you are going, really? No. He said, I'm going to give you wisdom. You say, I feel all alone. God says, hey, I got you. I'm never going to leave you. Listen, God is talking to you. What is he saying? For some of you this morning, maybe for the very first time, you're hearing God speak to you, and he's saying, hey, I want you to say yes to me and ask me into your life to be your Lord and Savior. Will you do that today? It's the greatest decision, most important decision you'll ever make in life. The greatest question in life is, what will you do with Jesus? And how you respond to that, whew, everything hangs on that response, abundant life, life fulfilling here on earth, life eternal with him in heaven, or the opposite. Some of you here today, and what is God saying to you about the situation that you're dealing with, the struggle you're facing? Hey, listen, I believe that God's got a word for you and he wants to speak into your life and help you with what you're facing today. And so I want to invite you to stand and we're going to, I'm going to pray and dismiss us all. And my, our prayer and ministry team are going to be down front. And, and today, as, as, as people are leaving, if, if you today would like to come down and say yes to Jesus for the very first time, that's why they're standing down front. Or maybe you're here today and say, you know what? I really could use someone to encourage me and pray with me over what I'm facing. That's why we're here and we will stay as long as you need. So Lord Jesus, I'm praying that people would respond to what you're saying to them. God, thank you for the reminder today that you love us. Thank you, God, for the reminder that you've got a great plan for our life. And God, I pray that we would dial in and listen to your voice above the rest of the noise, that we would know what you're saying to us. God, I pray for that person right now that needs to come and say yes to you and ask you to be Lord and Savior of their life. I pray that they would not put that off any longer. Lord, I'm praying for the person right now that's dealing with some stuff. Life has thrown them a, a, a punch, and Lord, they just need some encouragement. I'm praying that they would come today and receive prayer. Lord, let us obey your spirit promptly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.